This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by Springer Nature. It's the official journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber. As genetics and genomics becomes increasingly integrated into and important for the practice of medicine, it's critical that Alaska Native tribes and tribal health organizations are engaged with genetic research in a meaningful way. NIH has invested a lot of effort and money into looking at uh, genetic research and implications for precision medicine. And they're very interested in uh, working with tribes, I think not only so that they have more information about all types of people who live in the United States, but also so that populations can really benefit from any discoveries that come out of that research. Denise Dillard is the director of research for South Central Foundation, a tribal healthcare organization where healthcare is provided by Alaska Native people for Alaska Native people. She's also one of the organizers of and participants in a 2018 workshop co-sponsored by South Central Foundation, the Alaska Native Health Board, a statewide tribal advocacy organization, and the National Human Genome Research Institute to engage key stakeholders, to facilitate difficult conversations, and to pave the way for future research. The results of that workshop were distilled into a perspectives paper recently published in the journal Genetics and Medicine. So we had about almost 100 people, and these were individuals from three different stakeholder groups. There was a group of tribal representatives, and this was tribal and village leadership, as well as leadership in tribal health organizations throughout Alaska. We also had um, academic and biomedical researchers who are very experienced in conducting research with American Indian and Alaska Native peoples. And then we had federal agency representatives from the National Institutes of Health, as well as the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The group focused on four overarching topics. We wanted to start off by talking really about priorities. So what are the priorities, particularly that community members um, have? What are the opportunities that may relate to those priorities? The groups also discussed challenges and barriers. A third session narrowed in on research issues such as study design. And then a specific focus on data sharing, because that is where I think a lot of particularly challenging conversations have happened because of NIH really wanting open data sharing, which may really make data more accessible to researchers But when this happens in the context of kind of a history of distrust and skepticism about future benefit and the identifiability issues related to genetics, that is a very challenging conversation often to have. As to priorities, one of the main concerns was how to navigate the differences between the priorities of researchers and the priorities of Alaska Native people. So there's concerns about research in general, and then I think there's specific concerns about genetic research. So I think concerns about research in general is there's the term that we use in Alaska, which is either helicopter research or like mosquito research, where a lot of research, particularly in Alaska Native communities really has been um, conducted by researchers outside of the community asking questions that they may view of benefit, but which may or may not be the priorities of the Native people themselves. 
And there is a perception that the researchers come in, uh, collect the data and the information that they are interested in to build their CV or to get additional funding. And then they leave the community and nothing happens from that point forward. The discussion did bring about greater clarity when it comes to opportunities. Many of the tribal representatives tended to focus more on immediate kind of opportunities, but this was also balanced with what are the future opportunities. So the investment into knowledge um, that may benefit future generations And there's always kind of a a tension there because anytime a community participates in a research opportunity, um, that is really taking away potentially resources or the ability to pay attention to other issues. And if you're really dealing with issues like, you know, not enough housing and no law enforcement and challenges related to, you know, environmental change, those are very kind of immediate concerns. And that's often understandably where many community members and many leaders want to focus. But research by its nature really um, often is kind of small building blocks that really build to an intervention, but that may be, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now. So I think there was definitely expressions of support for research with a priority on research, which could make more immediate benefit, but also an acknowledgement that sometimes we don't know what that benefit might be for future generations and that it is also important to have that more long-term focus. Of course, there are many challenges. Alaska Native people have experienced harm or stigmatization as a result of research. They've been misled about the purpose of research. There are also challenges and barriers related to the fact that communities are difficult to reach and have little access to healthcare in general, and may see genetic testing as expensive or not the most critical need at this time. And then there are challenges within the study design. Within most funding opportunities, grantors don't include time for community building. The sample size might need to be smaller than usual given widely dispersed villages often of 100 people or fewer. Or the expectation from the grant and the researcher is that the study will occur during the summer months when the researcher has time to travel, but that's when Alaska Native communities are busiest. Another challenge is the need to build local capacity and include Alaska Native people in the team that's conducting the research. Community members, if they're members of the study team, they bring their expertise in terms of being members of that community, members of that cultural group, and they really are the experts about what is needed locally and what may or may not work locally. They can also help interpret the results of their research and what it actually means instead of what somebody from the outside may interpret it as meaning. I can give you one example is there was an article that was reviewed by uh, tribal leaders at a meeting I was at, and the researchers had looked at this association between educational level and whether or not somebody had undergone colorectal cancer screening. And the researchers talked about, you know, that there was this association. Well, somebody who was actually from that community, uh, from that area where it was mentioned, there was very limited 
colorectal cancer screening available. So it actually had nothing to do with educational availability and all to do with whether the services were even available. The issue of data sharing is a particularly critical, complex, and sensitive issue due to the harm and stigmatization that occurred with past research and due to the feelings of violation that resulted. But there are potential solutions. NIH actually does have the ability to and they have done this with multiple researchers, there are exceptions to data sharing agreements. Tribes are sovereign entities that, and it's a a political designation, so it's akin to working with a different country. And so NIH data sharing policies actually do have the flexibility um, within them to allow for the federal government to engage in government-to-government consultation with tribes and to negotiate a sharing agreement that is acceptable on both sides. Dr. Dillard says there was general support and understanding from the researchers and funders attending that these issues are critical to the advancement of genetic research. But I would say, you know, part of the benefit of this meeting um, was really more and more people really understanding and hearing what the concerns are and the complexities and really building relationships with each other um, and getting to know each other. I know in Alaska, you know, we appreciate it when funders and researchers take the, the time and the investment to come in person and to really spend time getting to know each other. So I think the, the criticalness of, you know, and it seems so simple, but once again, it's so critical that relationship building, you know, who are you as a human and here's who I am as a human and how can we, you know, work together to achieve a, a common purpose and to really build trust. Dr. Dillard says the next steps are to share the results of the meeting more broadly across Alaska and within the research community to build understanding of genetic research and the potential benefits on the Alaska Native side, and to work for a much deeper understanding of the needs of the community on the research side, to build local capacity, to strengthen partnerships, and to keep the conversation going. What most people really recommended was really that there be conversations across Alaska with communities and what are their research priorities? What are those issues that they see as really appropriate and where the timing is good to start to consider research projects? And that may or may not be in genetics. It may be in a different area. But if there is a fit with genetic research, then how can we work together and how can we partner and find ways to really make that happen? Genetics and Medicine is the official journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics and is published by Springer Nature. I'm Cynthia Graber.